Hello and welcome back to the Offensive Zone show, the one thing worth getting up for on a Monday. Uh, joining me as always is our fondant French-Canadian fancy, which is Max. Hello, buddy. How's it going? Hey, funny you guys. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, uh, come on, well, we have to do something. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're just a duo today. <laughs> Um, well, look, mate, the season is nearly here. We are literally one, well, less than a week away now. We are a matter of days away from the season starting. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited about it for obvious reasons. Uh, but I think we're in for a really good one this year. And, uh, and I know we're going to talk about the preseason today. Um, but it, it just feels like it's going to be a really good, tight, close, close season. There's so many good teams this year. Uh, I don't know what you think, but. I think it's going to be a good yeah, one. Especially, especially in the Atlantic. For me, it's going to be a crazy year uh, in this. Uh, uh, even in the in, even in the metropolitan, it's going to be. Uh, but in the east, the east this year is really strong. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree, and it's certainly Tampa. Obviously, looked the best, um, but uh, and they're, they're always going to because they've won two on the bounce. But this year, I mean, they they are seriously going to have to to play well to. To win it because there is there is a lot of good teams, um, but so what we're going to be doing today, unlike last time where we did our divisional previews, we're going to be running through some kind of takeaways, I guess, from the preseason, um, and then we're going to be taking a bit more of a deep dive, I guess, into both the Kraken and the Canadians, which is obviously mine and Max's two teams, uh, just to see if there's anything that we think that's changed from the divisional breakdowns. So if there's any kind of main takeaways we can get but before that as always so that jingle means that we're going to cover some news and there was a few bits of news um, to go through firstly the injury to Ovechkin which he suffered in the Capitals final preseason game it's, it's got to be every coach's worst nightmare in games that don't really matter uh, and if you look at the preseason standings you can see why they don't really matter um to have your star player get injured that's not that's not great so max i don't know if you've got any insight into how long he's going to be out i couldn't see anything online it just said it was a lower body injury mm-hmm. so i don't know if it, we're talking days or weeks yeah from what from uh, what i heard is going to be day to day uh they don't really know for uh for now okay uh, maybe there's going to be more information soon but for right now it's day to day okay that's not obviously it's not too bad um and this is in, in addition to nicholas backstrom obviously who hasn't played in the preseason due to a hip injury um which which is you know obviously he's been suffering for for a little while so it was yourself max who called the washington capitals out for their age of or general age of their players uh, and the risk that, that could have on them in terms of injuries similar to the Penguins um, but we are starting to see some of these 30 odd year old players uh, start to show their age you know yeah 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 it's gonna be uh, it's gonna get even more painful year after year so I think they're gonna need I I know like they signed uh, Ovechkin back and he's gonna be back for a couple of years and but you know it's always good to keep like your uh, franchise player even though he's uh, really old, because you know he's the face of the franchise, is the face of the city, mm-hmm. and uh, but the problem is the team that did that in the past did not succeed well because they needed to they, they need to rebuild. Like, is there is there any like um, 
young player that comes out to your mind from the Capitals, Washington? Like any young player that could have a potential impacts to be like a, a first line forward or something like that. Just no, a top I, six forward. I think I think that they're they're suffering very much from the same. I think there's a few teams in this same kind of mold. I mean, you would say Chicago before they they kind of had yeah. like a mini rebuild where they they were quite lucky. Let's be honest in terms of getting Kirby Dak because that was the that was the joy of the lottery, which is why they went from you know I think tenth, eleventh, or wherever they were supposed to be choosing to third third overall so um yeah i can't there's no one that springs to mind I mean, there'll be some washington fans listening to this that will be screaming out names down <laughs> you know and obviously we can't hear you but so all the people that are sat around you on the bus are thinking you're currently mental but uh there is probably good players in that organization mantra obviously is is young to a point but there isn't anybody that suddenly jumps out where i think man there there's their future so it'd be really interesting to see how Washington keep it going for the next couple of seasons. So, but hopefully Ovechkin's injury is not too bad and not out for too long. So if it's day-to-day, that sounds like it's it's pretty minor, um, which yeah. is good. And for the prospects, I think there's like a Mick, My- <coughs> a Mick Michael. He's, he's going to be pretty good. And the guy from Quebec, uh, Hendrix Lapierre, is going to be pretty good too. But I don't think he's going to be uh, an impactful player. Like, he's, he's, he's getting to his 20s and he... Uh, He's mm-hmm. still in the uh, in in the uh, junior league, so it, it, it's not he's not uh, the kind of player that will have the top six forward impact. I mean, <laughs> not 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 for soon, not for soon. So their their uh, their age, okay, their average age uh, as a team is well, their average age as forwards is thirty. Their average age in defenseman is thirty one. They haven't got a single defender under the age of thirty in their team. Wow, blimey! And, as, and look, and as somebody who is thirty six, right, this it, it hurts you when you're over that age <laughs> as much as you don't admit. They got some young goalies. To be fair, their goalies are really young, super young. Samson, yep. you know, Samsonov is twenty four. Uh, Vanasek is twenty five. Um, but the only player who's under twenty seven in their forward group is Daniel Sprong. You know, and is he top six potential? Yeah. And you're right. Connor McMichael is uh, was drafted in 2019, uh, 25th overall. And Hendricks Lapierre was drafted in 2020, uh, 22nd overall. And this is the problem. You know, and obviously, look, it's a problem because they've been good. Um, but the problem is they've been drafting in the first round around the 20 to 31 mark. You know, they haven't been really in the draft lottery because they've been making the playoffs every year. So um, victims of their own success, I think, is, I think is where, where I would class them as. Um, but we yeah. will see. And hopefully he's not out for long because I want to see if Etchkin hit get Gretzky's uh, goal-scoring record. So that <laughs> I hope he stays fit. Um, in, in other news, uh, Barkov signed a eight-year mega deal. So he's 10 million AAV for the next eight years, a 10 million average annual value. Um a good deal, in my opinion. What's your thoughts, Max, in terms of the uh, the Florida signing? Really good deal. I mean, it's I don't know. Um, but back to the next se- the, the the last season, I haven't seen Barkov play. Like I don't watch a lot of uh, Florida Panthers game, you know. Mm. And I just watched game, and I was like, wow, this is the best two way player in the league. This is <laughs> is really is really all that and. The fact that they're they're able to secure him for eight years, it's perfect for them. Um, 
10 millions in eight years, maybe it's going to look uh, ridiculous. So it's a good contract for me. Yeah, and I, th- I think where they are in terms of um, as a team uh, and the fact that they are they are certainly now looking like a team that can really compete. Uh, they needed to get him locked up, which made sense. Uh, you know, they've made the playoffs the last two years, and they came so close on the last in last year's playoffs. You know, to 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 beating Tampa Bay and making it through to the next round. I mean, his his point totals for the last four years in order are seventy eight. 96, 62, remembering that now we're seeing shorter game seasons and 58 points in 50 games last season. So like you said, a proper old school two-way forward. Uh, he is great player. I, I think it's fantastic they've got him locked up. I'm, I'm, Florida, one of those teams where I'm, I'm kind of not completely sold on them as being Stanley Cup champion ready, but like, there's a lot to like in their team. They've got some really good players and you know, if, if Spencer Knight turns into the goalie they think he's going to be, then then they could have some really, really bright future for years to come. Um, some of the other stuff. So James Neal, the real deal, signed a one-year deal with uh, the St. Louis Blues. Uh, it's a, like a 750k deal, so it's not massive. Um, but it's another player in that Blues organisation. We were talking about them, obviously, on one of the last podcasts, um, about the strength and the power that they have and the scoring that they have and adding James Neal to that. I mean, I, I personally don't think James Neal can still produce. So, yep. you know, I like it. And I think the Blues are doing well, a lot. It, it, he did in the preseason. He got, I, I think he scored a hat trick in one game. And I think mm-hmm. he got like a four goals in five games. So, yeah, he's, he's definitely... Yeah, anyway, even if he's on the fourth line, it's yeah. still good to have James Neal on your fourth line, you know? Mm-hmm. And if they make it to the playoffs, which we you know we we predicted on on here that they would, then James Neal is exactly the sort of player you want in your locker room. So, um, yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, some of the other stuff. So Galchenyuk um, <laughs> joined the Arizona Coyotes. So this wasn't a cap dump. He actually chose to go there. Uh, One year deal. Galchenyuk. I um, I don't like him. I, I you know look. I've got nothing against the guy, so it's not personal. I don't like him. I just don't like him as a player. He he kind of came in the league, and everyone thought he was going to be this fantastic top six forward. And I just don't see anything that makes me think that he's going to be anything. It's my opinion. Yep. Good skating. Good shot. Good ends. But. Bad hockey IQ. It's all about this. It's all mm. about this for him. He, he had everything. He had a whole package to be a good player, but he had to get. He, he got a bad IQ, hockey IQ. So, mm. yep. But um, yeah, I, I'm just. I I don't have a personal aid on the player. It is um, when he was drafted, my my dad used to think like, oh, he's gonna be a great player and all. So he mm. bought me a Galchenyuk jersey. So I still have a Galchenyuk <laughs> jersey in my in my in my locker. Yeah. Did- so. Does it does it get worn very often? Oh, it, it did in the in the play in the playoffs against the Maple Leafs when uh, Galchenyuk <laughs> served that perfect pass to uh, Caulfield. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, true, true. Um, <laughs> so, but it, so coming across Galchenyuk made me think this isn't really a news item as such, but this is something that I thought we'd cover in the news bit, which was when Galchenyuk got signed. I thought, how many players are still free agents without clubs? And I went through the list, and there's some really notable names on there. Um, Tuka Rask, still no contract. And let's be honest, it looks like I, I don't see Boston giving him a deal. 
You know, I, I, yep. I just don't see it. I, I think they're pretty much sold on the fact they're going to have Allmark and uh, and Swayman as their two as their tandem. So, so what? I don't know what happens to Tuka Rask. I mean, there's plenty of teams that could sign him, but not teams that are, are wanting to do anything that, other than tank. I mean, Arizona yeah. or Buffalo need a goalie, but they're not going to sign Tuka Rask because it doesn't fit the the plan. Yeah, I think it's it's the end for him in show because he, he, he basically said he doesn't want to sing any anywhere else uh, mm. except Boston. Mm. I mean, it's kind of sad that the Boston Bruins didn't like that because he, he wasn't that bad last year. He wasn't that bad. It, it was because they, they are now ready to pass to some to uh, another step, yeah. and Swayman is gonna be the next step. But once again, I, I think I think to keeping to Karras for. I think the Yulmark signing was not that great, to be honest. Like you, you can keep Tukaras and keep Swayman and just let the right old guy form the young guy. Yeah, yeah. And look, Tukaras's statistics. So last season he was a nine thirteen and a nine nineteen in the playoffs. He only played twenty four games because he did have some injuries, but it was a fifty six game season. So he played give or take about half of it. Uh, the season before, he played 40 games. season before that, he played 40 games. So I guess it was an injury um, aspect in this. But when he plays, he's still really, really good. You know, 9-2-9 save percentage in 2019-20. You know, it's not, he's not a, a bad goalie. Uh, and for him to be sat on the free agency list, I just can't believe it. I really can't. And uh, for those people that have already gone out and bought NHL 22 or are playing the free trial You'll see that he's still rated 90 overall. So a 90 overall goalie set on free agency is just <laughs> very weird. Uh, but there you go. <laughs> um, Artem Anisimov was another one. That I'm not too surprised he's on there. Same with Jason Demers. I guess I'd, I'm just more shocked that people haven't taken these players for depth. Um, Devin Dubnik's another one who's on the uh, free agent list. Eric Stahl, uh, you know, he was still... A useful centre last season, and obviously even more so the season before. Um, got lost a little when he went to Buffalo, like most people do, but still a useful centre. And Eric Gustafson, who I who I know is on a uh, he's on a trial. I want to say he's with the Blues as well. I can't think where Gustafson is, but he is. He's on a trial somewhere. Um, he's on a PTO, but um, oh, it's with the Islanders. He's, he's on a PTO with the Islanders, so he'll probably sign there. But again, a little bit surprising that he's still available. So um, last two pieces of news. First bit, which is uh, a bit of a sad news, really. The Panthers chairman, uh, Raymond Odinero, which I'm probably pronouncing that horribly wrong. So if I am, apologies for that. But U.S. Army general who passed away at 67 years old. So that's always always sad when uh, when somebody dies with an organization. Um, but uh, yeah, so our thoughts are obviously with his family. Uh, and then the last piece of news, which I'm going to let you speak on more than myself, Max, which is around Carey Price and his uh, his decision to, to oh, I say leave the Canadians, but you know what I mean when I say that, to go and be part of the player assistance program for the NHL and the NHL PA. Um, is there any kind of info you've you've managed to gather on that? Uh, is it's really, uh, I don't know, to say that in French and in English, it's it's blurry. Like, mm-hmm. uh, we don't know anything, and I don't think I want to know anything, too. I think it's 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 uh, better for the, um, 
better for the player. You know, carry prices. Uh, you, you, you know me since uh, like a year ago. You you know carry price is my boy. Yeah, you know carry price is. is my hero. He's my childhood hero. I've seen him grow since since he was drafted. But it's all it's it's that time for him to take a step back, rethink, rest because he's been carrying the whole franchise since 2012. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's good for him. It's gonna be good for the team. Yep. And. Jake Allen's gonna take. He's gonna take the lead. Jake Allen uh, is, is a great. Is a great guy. He, he's the. Um, uh, he's the reason why we made the playoff last year. So f for me, it's it's great for Kerry, and it's always it's always great. So we can speak up to the public, and you know, kind of, um, kind of uh, like uh, I don't know to say that, but you know, he's not weak. He's sick. That's that's uh, that's the kind of mentality that uh, the NHL and uh, the whole sport industry needs to uh, yeah uh, to acknowledge. I, yeah, I agree. I agree. And you know, these when when people have things such as whether it be anxiety or depression, you know, these aren't self-inflicted injuries as such. These aren't things that people can always control, and there can be a, like a myriad of different. Loads and loads of different factors that can can cause can cause this. And like you said, especially for somebody who's been in a high pressured job, a high pressured role for a long period in of Montreal. time in, in Montreal, in the hockey capital of the world. Let's be honest, um, mm -hmm. and you know, and it's going to take a toll on things. So, if, if, I think it's better when people. The worst thing is for people to suffer in silence. You know, I, some people sometimes think that when players come out and say this, that they're looking for sympathy. But I think that's the wrong way to look at it. You know, I'd rather that somebody came out and said, look, I don't feel 100% because of whatever it might be. And he doesn't even like price hasn't. Nobody ever has to tell the world what it is. It's their personal thing. Um, but it's better that they, they get it sorted and they take the right steps than just ignore it. I mean, that's the worst thing to do. So. Yep, and I, he, Jonathan Jordan, uh, um, he made a public comeback when he came back from uh, like his, the the time we rested at home and, and all that stuff, mm -hmm. and he said like, um, at the first part, I was I was being silent about it, and uh, when it uh, when he finally like came out and said it, and I, I need to take a rest, and I'm just gonna stay home and uh, just don't the, don't don't take care of my personal reasons and all, he came back and said. The worst for me was when I was um, I was not telling people about it because it, it's it's really about telling people about it, but just having your time, just time to think about yourself, rethink your life, rethink what you want to do, what are your expectations for your career and all. That's perfect for Carrie, and he's at the perfect age for it. Mm. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Completely agree. So. Yeah, so look, fingers crossed, it's a short uh, break for him uh, and we can get him back because the league is never the same without him. I, I do think uh, maybe we're talking about NHL ratings. Maybe he's still slightly overrated, but um, <laughs> not in terms of him as a person and what he brings. I think he's uh, he's been an immense player and we all know that playoff carry price mm -hmm. is, there is nobody better than him. There is nobody better yep. than him when he's when he's on his day. So if this is he what he needs him. to get exactly to get back to being playoff price every night, then I'm all for that because that would be fantastic to see. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm like um, just uh, 
just a, a quick news quick news go, because break I, it. I just okay. saw it yeah breaking news uh all the yolovi has been traded to the uh, the florida panthers yeah the the vancouver canucks just traded him to the florida panthers wow. uh yep yeah, uh, uh, there's no there's no there's no more informations it's just uh yolovi has gone to the panthers apparently it's uh, uh pierre lebrun from tsn who said that okay and yep. like you said, we don't know what for. Is it any? Is there any picks or anything, or do we uh, not know? Yep, no, nothing, nothing uh, on this. Uh, okay. But may, maybe it's going to bore uh, more details to come. Yeah, you, you. Well, look, you're you're, you're the insider, mate. You're the journalist, not me. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you keep an eye on that. But you know what? It's Ooh, funny. It's funny right. you mention that guy because I was talking to. Uh, you know, look, there's surprising it may be that there are quite a few Brits that follow hockey. Um, there, there was a guy I was talking to, he was a good mate of mine, and we were talking about him and saying, like, what, what's what's Vancouver doing with him? Because he's he's just he's not actually good enough really to to make the team. And he looks like, even though he's expected to be top four defenseman, he's never really going to get there. Well, there's the answer. You trade him. So yep. I'm not I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked. I'm really not shocked too. Like, uh really 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 everybody because i think it was good yeah i'm just looking at his stats right now and he was mm-hmm. really good in the ohl and he, he got a year in this in sweden and it was good with uh, playing with men's mm-hmm. but when when he came when he came to the hl this is where it all started for him yeah that, that's weird that's weird it all collapsed yeah cool. <laughs> well uh, well i was gonna say that time news we just got the breaking news in but that that now unless you've got anything else max Nope, that's good, that's good, that's good. (laughs) Well, that is the end of our news then. Right, as we said at the beginning of the show, we're going to do a bit of a pre-season breakdown. But look, this is going to seem a little bit ironic given on the last podcast we were talking about how pointless the pre-season is. And I'm going to give you three quick reasons why the play- the pre-season is completely pointless. Um, and I'm going to name a division, Max, and I'm going to ask who you think is top of that division. And then I'll tell you who it actually is. And uh, no cheating, looking at the looking at the standings, right? Okay, so if we go, we'll, actually, let's do all four of them just just for kicks. Okay, so we'll start with the easy ones. So let's start with the Atlantic. So who do you think is top of the Atlantic? I, I, I currently I really like the uh, Ottawa Senators. The okay. Ottawa Senators, they they had really 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 good prospects. Uh, I I remember we, we watched um. I watched Montreal against Senators, and it was, mm-hmm. it was prospects against prospects because it was uh, one of the first few games of the preseason. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Ottawa just superior in every aspect. Okay, well, let me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Toronto. So Toronto have won five out of their six games. That isn't a surprise. Ooh. We kind of expect them to be. Ottawa actually down in. Uh, fourth, fifth, sixth place, just next to Tampa Bay, who have played hmm. pretty poor, given it. Okay. Bottom, bottom is uh, Buffalo, by the way, so no surprise there. So next on to the Metropolitan. So who do you think is top of the Metropolitan? So who's first in the preseason Metropolitan division? Um, I'm between... Between the Rangers and maybe the Carolina Carolina Hurricanes, because Carolina Hurricanes oh. only played four games. So, 
and now that I've got it to work, I'm going to use this even more. So uh, it's Columbus. Like so, Columbus. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Have got ten points. So eight, what? Eight games. They've won four of them. Uh, and Carolina are actually rock bottom in the Metropolitan. They've lost, yeah. <laughs> but they've only played four games. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. That was the worst pointing out because um, Montreal, uh, it, it is like an, an outside story, but Montreal told the league that uh, Carolina Hurricanes only played four games mm. in the preseason and the um, the rule book said that we they need to play eight games. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, they, there, there's no... There's a, there's no um, There, there's no sanctions or no anything. Penalty. It's no. going to be just yeah. Well, they've not no they've not enjoyed those four games because they've they're on a three game losing streak. So uh, wow. not <laughs> not very good for them. So <laughs> quickly onto the central now. Uh, who's your take for top of the preseason central division? Hmm. I'd say maybe like Colorado. Ooh, let's find out. <laughs> Uh, it's Arizona. Like, who would have thought it, right? Wow. I, and okay. I'm not even joking. When I tell you these stats, these are mind-blowing. And it shows how pointless the preseason is, right? So Arizona have played six games. They've won five of those games, okay? Two of them in a row, the last two. Uh, they've scored 20 goals and conceded 13 um They've played on the home and they've played on the road. So it's not even like it's just one bit. They are on fire. So what do I know about building an, an NHL hockey team? Because I thought they were, you know, a, literally a tire fire and they are cur currently on a two-game win streak. Um, <laughs> so that's quite interesting. And then probably yeah. the last but no means least, and it's not that surprising, but if we go with who you think is top of the Pacific Division, um, Preseason, who should take for mm. for those guys? <laughs> Edmonton. <laughs> oh, he does it. He does it. So he gets. Let's go. Let's one. go. Yeah, one out of four, mate. That's not bad. It's not bad. Right, I'm going to cut that because that goes on for 36 seconds and we're not even cheering for 36 <laughs> seconds. Otherwise, people will wonder what the hell we were, we were smoking when we were doing this podcast. But the, uh, So Edmonton are top of the uh, Pacific Division. Uh, won, played eight games, as you, as you rightly said, uh, and have won six of those eight games uh, and scored a bucket load of goals in the process. 26 goals in eight games. Um, so them and St. Louis have both... Excuse me, played the most and excuse me, a, a scope has played but put my teeth in, played the most and scored the most. So so yeah, so there we go. Seattle, not bad in second place in the Pacific, but so there you go. Um main takeaways from the actual preseason itself, not that I think there is a lot you can take away from the preseason, but here's some things that I jotted down before the podcast. Uh, Toronto, obviously, are on a four-game win streak, and they do look strong. Florida, like you said, I think they look good. Um, they've won five of their games. Uh, Detroit, I've seen a little bit of, of Detroit, a few games that I've watched of the preseason. I've seen a bit of them, and I think they look good. Um, the surprise for me, and we, I guess we're going to cover Montreal anyway, so we can pick this up later, but both Montreal and Boston look surprisingly average. Like both of them mm -hmm. haven't scored a lot of goals, and, and you know better than I do about Montreal, whether they're playing their first line or whether they're playing 
young guys, but Boston look like they're playing a lot of their starters, and they just, you know, you know, maybe it's they're waiting for the real the real season to start, but I don't know. They look a bit a bit average. Yeah, really. And for for personally for Montreal, it has been uh, not a great preseason to be mm-hmm. honest. But um, you know, they, they weren't scoring a lot. But uh, as for Dominique Dujam, he was uh, letting he was letting the young young guys play. Like okay. you had like uh, Toffoli, Suzuki, and Caulfield, and like uh, Joanne, Devorak, and Anderson on the first two lines, and you're gonna have like the the young guys on the on the bottom six, and the bottom six was playing way more than the first two lines, basically. So it's it it kind of sums it up for me, but uh, mm-hmm. I do agree that they were disappointing in the preseason. Uh, I don't know about the Boston Bruins because I haven't watched them too much, but uh, yeah, for the for the Habs, it's uh, pretty much this. So Boston have played uh, quite a few games. Uh, their top goal scorer at the moment is <laughs> so it's Jack Studnicker with uh, two goals. He's got four points in four games. It's not too bad, uh, but yeah, not many goals outside of uh, Marsh and and Pasternak. Obviously, are, are doing what you'd expect from those guys. They're about a point per game. Um, but a lot of players that have played with, and like you know, a lot of forwards that have played without scoring. So, um, yeah, including uh, Taylor Hall, only got one goal in in three games. So, yeah, as I said, I'm sure they're waiting for the real season to start. But it's just an interesting takeaway from my side. Um, right, we're going to break down two teams. So hopefully, I'm using the right one when I click this, or is it not going to work anyway? No, it's not. Okay, doesn't doesn't this doesn't like this board doesn't like us today, does it? So that's fine. We'll do it anyway. But imagine there was some sort of whooshy sound, uh, which is going to take us through to uh, we're going to do a, a preseason breakdown for the Kraken and for the Canadians. Uh, we'll kick off with the Kraken first, uh, and some of my main takeaways from uh, from Seattle. I mean, look, they won four of six preseason games, which is pretty impressive given they were a team that have only played together for. You know, for these six games, uh, and obviously a hat full of, uh, of training sessions beforehand. I mean, one of that one got to be one of the hardest things um, f- as a, as an expansion team to do is to to kind of get that chemistry that other teams will take for granted and probably not even realise they have. Um, but the the one thing that everyone's been talking around is: Are the Kraken going to score enough goals? And whilst they are second in the Pacific preseason table, they're the only team in the preseason to have won four games but have a minus goal differential. So, uh, you know, I, and it's minus one, so it's nothing crazy, but I do think that it looks like scoring is going to be a concern for the Kraken. And, and I know that people like Gord and Blackwell and people like that, they're, they're, they're currently not not playing, but Jan Kroc is another one who's not played a lot of games. I mean, I know we kind of talked about it before, but Max, I don't know your thoughts on this, but I, I do think scoring, they're not going to be a team, I don't think, the Kraken who are going to score seven or eight goals a night. Yeah, it's not going to be like the Golden Knights, I think, where, you know, the Golden Knights, as soon as they came in, you know, they had uh, like three lines that was really good and then they could use three lines to uh, to score goals. It's really about the first line for the Kraken, but mm-hmm. 
it, it, we, we could see some surprise. I mean, I mean, uh, in the years, it could be some progress for, for a lot of players. You know, I think we, we talked about it on the last podcast. Uh, having the opportunity to play a role that you wouldn't have uh, normally, it's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, just, just to cover some of the, the points, and that we don't want to read too much into this because as we've just showed with our uh, slightly comical uh, game show style thing around who's top of each of their leagues, but... You know, Jared McCann has scored five points in four games. And, and like you were just saying then, this is a guy who probably would have been third line, maybe second line if he was lucky on, yeah. you know, on, on Pittsburgh or in Toronto. So, you know, he's got a chance, especially with Gord being out as well. He's got a real chance to show the league and to show Seattle that he can be this kind of number one, number two centre going forward. Jaden Swartz has looked good. He scored three goals in four games and uh, two assists as well. So he's looking like he's going to be a good two-way forward. Um, Morgan Geeky has played well going forward, but looked very sketchy on the line he was on anyway in terms of defensively. His plus minus is pretty horrific. Um, but one of the main standouts for me is going to be Vince Dunn. When they, when they took Vince Dunn, he was one of those ones, a bit like Eberle and, and McCann, where I think everybody in their kind of mock drafts, took Vince Dunn or they took Tarasenko. That was one of the two that people were toying between, right? <laughs> Most people probably took Tarasenko, but I liked the Vince Dunn choice and I'm glad they got him signed up. But, you know, three goals in four games for a defenseman, you know, he's, he's really showing that he can be a, um, you know, almost like a quarterback in the way that he plays when he's on the power play. So, uh, and two of those three goals were on the power play. So I, I think him and Giordano are going to be a real, real asset to the crack. And I don't think they're going to score a lot of goals, which means that on the power play, they need to be good. Um, and, and and they look like they're going to do that. Uh, in terms of uh, goalies, I guess there's no real surprise there. Both Grubara and Decord were played the majority. Draiga actually had a, a bit of a tough um, pre-season only only ending it with a save percentage of 0.773 so hopefully that's <laughs> not I know yeah uh, unfortunately he was on the Ed- he played in goal I think on the Edmonton game where uh, where the Seattle got absolutely spanked um, so that's not going to help him out there um, let 10 goals in the three games that's 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 NHL 21 style right there. Um, Joey Decord uh, has played well. And the reason why I bring the goalies up is because there was this interesting stat which I read about. And this just shows for the listeners, this this is how much we love each and every one of you that listens. Is This is the level of research that we do as a podcast, um, which means that I read The Athletic two days before coming on here. And I'm just going to regurgitate <laughs> their stats as if they're my own. So the, the goalies are at 24 teams of 31 teams last year used more than two goalies. Um, so I think it's going to be really important that, that Seattle have got that depth, that if Dreiger or Grubauer gets injured, you've got someone like uh, Joey Decord who could step into that. And look, he looked pretty good last season and he's looked quite good in the preseason. It's two games, so... You know, we need to calm the Jets a little bit. But it was, I thought it was a really interesting stat. I didn't realise 24 teams had used more than two goalies. It just shows how, you know, how likely it is in this day and age and this type of hockey we see these days for goalies to get injured. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's really, uh, that, that, that's that's something else. That's something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, for me, and uh, we'll, we'll quickly get on to the, the Canadians, but... It's going to be really interesting. to see. I'm, I'm super excited for uh, well, what will be 
Wednesday for me, Tuesday, and for those of you that are west west of the border, um, who get to watch the opening game versus the Vegas Golden Knights in real time. Um, for people like myself, where it starts, I think one a.m., two a.m., um, I will be watching it the following day. But still, uh, it'll be interesting to see what Kraken look like in a real game. But it's a really, really tough... I don't know what the Montreal schedule looks like, but Kraken have got a really hard start to the season. They've basically got two weeks of games on the road, including Nashville, obviously Vegas starting, Blues as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if they don't have quite a horrendous record by the time they get back to the the Climate Pledge Arena. Yes, same. I I watch the uh, schedule for the Montreal Canadiens, and every time they go like uh, in the West or in the uh, they they have to play in the USA. It mm-hmm. won't be it won't be play, They won't be playing in the USA for just one game. They're gonna be mm-hmm. at, at least playing for two games. And I think it's part of the. Uh, I don't know for Seattle, but I think for Canada, example, it's really part of the you know COVID uh, COVID things and also. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, 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 once again, COVID, COVID mm. changing our season. <laughs> <laughs> but as long as we get eighty-two games, Max. As long as we get eighty-two yeah. games, then I will be, I'll be happy. So flipping over to Montreal, uh, pre-season, Max. You said it had been a tough pre-season. Um, the Canadians have been pretty hit by injuries. I mean, Hoffman is currently out. Obviously, we talked about Price at the beginning of the show. And Shea Weber is Shea Weber out all season, or is this, or is this just a, a prolonged injury? It is supposed to be all season. Uh, I don't see him coming back in the playoff like Kucherov did. I mean, he's uh, he's thirty six years old. Uh, he's really at the end of his career. If mm. he comes back, it's gonna be to play like one last game next year. It's it's gonna be like a honorable game for something like that, but because you know it's really sad that his career ends like that. It ends in a painful loss in the finals. For me, like I I I think you know, and, and he haven't won the Stanley Cup uh, in his career, so I, I was really sad when I heard about this new. But yeah, on 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 the head of Montreal right now, there's a lot of clouds. You know, there's. Hoffman that wasn't ready for preseason camp, Price that is gone for personal reasons, mm-hmm. Edmondson that is gone for a couple of weeks at the beginning of the season, yep. and then you got um, especially Weber with it is it is something big. So for the Abs right now, it's all about really trying to um, just survive until all these guys come back and maybe try to make a comeback because I think it's going to be a really tough early part of the season for the, for the Habs. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at the roster, this is one of the best offense in the league, not because the top six is good, not because there's like one outstanding guy. It's because it's a complete team that have forces on their, on their, on their first three lines. It, the first three lines are really good and can score anytime. But and mm. not anytime, but you you know what I mean. And it's all about defense right now. This is the worst defense that I've seen since I've been following the Montreal Canadiens. Mm. With with Weber being gone, we have Petrie as our first defenseman, where I, which I think is pretty good. Petrie is a, is a really good defenseman. I think he's one of the bad, t- top ten defensemen in the league. And then you got Edmondson, which mm-hmm. is good. Which you, but right, right now, but injured, injured, like you said, yeah. Yeah, and then you got Cherot and Savar. Uh, I like Cherot. I like Cherot. I think it was a good pairing with uh, Weber. A tough pairing that could clear the crease really easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Savar is a really good third pair defenseman. 
but can play on the second. So once again, it's not that bad, but it's not that good. Yeah. When it goes to the ter- the third pair, this is where it gets tricky because you got Alexander Romanov who was set for uh, a lot of uh, playoff time. I think he played like one or two games in the playoffs. And, you know, it, it, it was really because his defensive aspect of the game is really bad. He, he's, he wants... it's he, he skates fast. He skates fast. He hits hard. He got a good shot. He's a good all-around player. But once again, it's all about the hockey IQ. He skates yes. everywhere on the ice. He wants to be everywhere at the same time. So there's a, he creates a lot of space for the other team. And, you know, they, I think when I was watching on the sports channel uh, during the preseason, they show a statistic where um, when Romanov was on the ice, how much more uh, chance of scoring the other team was getting. It was crazy. It was crazy. So personally, I don't think he's NHL ready yet. I think um, yeah, like he played yesterday, last year, but it was way too early for him. Yep. And now they pair him with a guy like Chris Weidman, who's known for his offensive aspect of the game, but being bad on the defensive end. So it's really going to be about the defense, how mm. much they progress, how much they perform, because... Otherwise, it's going to be high-scoring games. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I mean, yep. Romanov's one of those where um, I know one of the notes that I've got written down here is that did he find the step up to NHL too much? And I, like in the games that I've seen of him, like you said, he's great going forwards, but he just he just looks like a bit of a liability. And Savard, mm-hmm. I think, has struggled. So he's got zero points in the preseason, and he's minus six uh, for the games that yep. he's played. And um, defensively, like you said, I mean. According to Daily Faceoff, they're expecting Joel Edmondson and Petrie to be the top line, as you said. Um, but Edmondson's out for a little while. But even when he's back, I'm not sure that Joel Edmondson's a top two uh, D pairing. I think he's he's top four. Top four for sure. Yeah. But I mean, that's you know, and and but you know, that's probably as far as it gets. Um, so, like you yeah. said, I mean, it's just a real concern. The actual forwards, though. I mean, Anderson has looked really good. Josh Anderson looks. Like when he signed his contract, and I think it was five million a year, I was, I was surprised that he was on as much as that. But he's he's stepped into those shoes. He looks really good. Dvorak looks like he's settled in well with his teammates, which is great to see. And Suzuki mm-hmm. is really starting to. Um, I know that the Kotniemi news looked bad when it happened, but Suzuki is the saving grace there because he looks like a oh, top yeah. six for like a top six. You know, possibly oh, yeah. first line center. I mean, he is seriously good. And Jake Evans, I know you're a big fan, and he's there in your third line. You've got Brendan Gallagher in there as well. So you've got players that can score. Um, yep. Just defensively, I think it just looks a little weak. And this is this is yeah. so weak. And I, I I don't know how the management think. Okay, yeah, we're going to make it true with this defense. No. Hell no, we're gonna not make with the. I, I was hoping for a trade before the season start, but it, it it doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like it because in um, uh, when, when you look at your uh, at the cap space, Montreal have like a few. A That's few, what I was just doing. Yeah, few case. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's really it's it's really on the it's it's, and you know oh yeah I I wanted to talk about this because you know there's a Caden Gould right now who had a really good preseason mm-hmm. and is he's gonna be probably uh, one of the best defensemen in the in the uh, in the Montreal Canadian organization next year, mm-hmm. but for this year, 
Uh, I know Duchamp talked about it uh, in the press conference uh, yesterday, and he was talking about maybe putting him in his top six, but if he cannot put him in his top six, he won't like be playing a couple of games and just practice with the team. He's going to just go back to the to his uh, junior team. And for me, Caden Gould really needs to go back to the junior team. I, I don't I don't care if the Canadians, you know, end up having a bad year this year. I just want to they keep this offense and just upgrade defense with younger prospects because you know we got Norlander, we got Gould, we got Romanov, we got a lot of good prospects on defense. But mm -hmm. there's one and one or two years left until they can make it to the NHL and have a proper impact, not just being uh, like yeah, I don't know how to say that. Like not not just being a liability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the worst thing for a defenseman is to rush them in. Um, mm -hmm. Better off giving them time. And 19, I mean, Jesus, he's, you know, he is still a kid. So uh, he's mm -hmm. just, and, if, and if the Canadians are poor this season, I'm not expecting them to be, by the way. I think they'll probably surprise a few people. Um, it's a tough division that they're in. So they, yeah. they can't afford to be average because other teams won't be. Um, but, like you said, they're just missing that one piece. And when you look at this defense, you th you think, man, how much difference would someone like a um, uh, like a, a Ryan, like a, a Ryan Ellis, like how much of a difference would he make yeah. to a team like this? And I, I get and from a cap, Ekholm, something yeah, like that. exactly. And I, I get from a cap perspective, it's tough to make that happen because mm -hmm. um, you've got a lot of caps sunk in a lot of players. I mean, contracts like Armia. And Hoffman, now they are they are a bit of a draw, you know. I mean, Armia's on three point four million, excuse me, and Mike Hoffman's on four and a half. That's not going to help, um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I think Savard is the one that you need. You need him to be a top four defenseman at the moment. From what I've seen in the yep. preseason, he's not. He's not doing that. So that, that to me is going to be a. A real key yep, that's for you, my main so. fear that's my main my main fear is the defense and my biggest hope is the offense <laughs> that's pretty much <laughs> it I, I i think like suzuki caulfield line is going to be really good mm. uh, once again I, I think my hot take this year cole caulfield is going to win the calder and i'm touching i'm touching wood right now <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, I would use the striker match uh, sound if it, if it was working. So <laughs> I was to, waiting for it. <laughs> I tried. I tried, but uh, I, I think I think he he is he's a seriously good player. Like everyone's, I mean, like I think he he reminds me a lot of Debrinket, and Debrinket is a super yep. exciting, super you know, super skilled sniper, and a sniper in a real sense of the word where. You know, no, he's not the biggest guy on the ice, and he's he's not going to blow anybody away with his skating. Although his skating, Kolkov for skating is pretty good, um, but he's got that hockey IQ that you've been talking about a few times on this show. He's got that in abundance, and man, that guy can rip a shot. So, uh, oh you know, yes, yeah, I'm excited to see that. And look, the, I think the Canadians are going to be they're going to be fun to watch. If anything else, I don't think they're going to be um, putting many shutouts, but they are they're fun to watch and. Jake Allen played really well last season, and I, I really like the fact that he had such a bounce back from a very, very difficult time um, mm -hmm. in 
in in, 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 in St. Louis, and, and 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 a guy who I think if he was if he was honest, like he, mentally, I think he found that very tough. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Binnington kind of taking his spot away from him and coming from nothing. You know, so uh, it's nice to see Allen get the limelight. I just hope the defense in front of him does him justice. So we will see. <laughs> we will see. Honestly, like because it's. Um... Uh, one thing about the defense of the Canadians that I saw is, you know, there's there's like a new rule this season about cross-checking, right? Mm. Yeah, it's a lot tougher, yeah. Yeah, yeah a lot tougher because uh, Montreal's defense is really built around big guys that can clear the crease with their cross-checks. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. In, in the last playoffs, Weber and Sherwood were the kings of cross-checks. It was crazy. But mm. with this new rule... Maybe the defense gonna be look, gonna look weak because uh, we we seen we've seen Cherot and it's like he just saw that he, that, he, that he has an edge on his kit on his tip. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm just I'm just gonna look the word the word in uh, in English because I want to say it well because this is a good joke that I heard. <laughs> I love the fact that you're yeah. we're using Google Translate on the fly. I like it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it just witnessed that he got a hockey paddle for the first time of his career. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how much uh, th- these rules. though, sometimes when they come in, they're like really, really enforced in the preseason, and then when the regular season cuts in, they kind of go by the wayside. And by the time you get to the playoffs, nobody's calling it. So, yeah, <laughs> um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, but. But yeah, as you said, it's going to be exciting. And by the time we do next week's podcast, we will still have no idea how good these teams are because it will be mm-hmm. like two games in. But at least, at least we'll have some real games to look at. So, uh, is there any is there any last points that you want to raise on the on the Montreal Canadiens, Max? Um, that's pretty much it. Honestly, I, I want to talk about Ryan Peeling, but there, there's not that much to say about him. Uh, hmm. Kind of the guy that will. Uh, we had expectations for him, but it was he had a lot of chances in the preseason, and the head coach really said he's he's one of my centers this season, because he took it for granted because he was mm-hmm. uh, last year in Laval he got a great year and mm-hmm. we talk we talk about it and we was like oh wow great progression he's gonna come up and and play to the third and on the third line next year, but Jake Evans he showed up and. No comparison. Jake Evans is a seventh round pick, and Ryan <laughs> Pilling is a first round pick. I know there's a big difference between the ages, but still, you're first round pick. Why are you not progressing to this level? It's for for me. It's a it's a mystery. But yeah, that, that that's the last point I want I wanted to give. I agree. I, I love it when seventh round picks come out of nowhere and just and just appear in the league and kill it. I love it. It just it just makes me so like, happy that there's a scout somewhere sat around the table going, I picked that guy, you know, so yeah. because it's just, it, you know, it just proves it's, it's a lottery, isn't it? You know, first round, second round, doesn't matter. We see we see great stars all over. I mean, Cole Colfield's a, a great example of that, as is Alex Dabrinkit, players that were overlooked in the draft. Um, so, yeah, it'll be exciting to see. Um, just a, the final piece, uh, these, this new length of episode, you'll see it's a lot shorter than normal. Um, that will be the usual going forward. Obviously, we did longer episodes in the previous uh, podcast because we were doing divisional breakdowns but now that they'll be back to on the kind of normal weekly cycle uh, it'll be a little bit shorter so a little easier for you guys to listen to it and again I know I've said it once but thank you to everybody who has listened uh, the last episode had the highest amount of listens we've ever had 
Um, so thank you very much for that. It was extremely exciting to see the listen count go up and up and up. So uh, much appreciated. Um, and we'll assume that it's because you like hearing me and Max and not because we had JP on. <laughs> so <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> we'll have to make sure we bring JP back all the more. Um, we've got some exciting content coming up on some of our other platforms as well, uh, including YouTube, where um, I'll be doing an NHL 22 review, which will be coming out in the next couple of weeks, um, as well as obviously more podcast content. So if you want to check all of that out, make sure you head over to www.theoffensivezone.com and then you can follow us on all our social media platforms to make sure that you never miss a single beat, whether that's Twitter, um, Facebook, everyone's favorite social media platform right now, uh, Instagram and others. So uh, until then, everyone, stay safe. We'll be back uh, next Monday uh, and by which point, the regular season will have started. The Kraken will be here in one way, shape or form. And we might have an idea on how good or bad Montreal's defence is. So until then, <laughs> we'll see you then. See you in a bit. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.